Jeff Harding here with PS Tech, and I'm here with another interview. And I'm really excited about this because we have a celebrity, so this is kind of cool. But more importantly, I was listening to his podcast, and he was introduced to PS Tech. I'm going to let him tell you about that, and we're going to not only talk about some of the things that this gentleman used PS Tech for, but also maybe delve in a little deep, more deeply and, and get some of the how-tos that he did and, and et cetera, and some ideas of, of things that he used it on. So we're going to talk about that. But I, I got to tell you, I was listening to the to his podcast, and uh, also my wife listened to one of them, and she just uh, fell in love with him, you know. Thank, thank God, you know, I'm in the middle of the ocean, and she can't see him. I mean, geez. But anyway, I'm really looking forward to getting him on here, and I'd like to introduce everybody to Cash Peters, who he does have a podcast. He's basically retired in a sense, but he's written books. Uh, he also, on this podcast, provides inspirational ideas for better living, as he says, Health, faith, and practical spirituality, which I really like. I wanted to mention that too. So I like you guys to welcome Cash here. Cash. Yeah. Hi. So that's why your wife me. keeps writing to me. Then I did wonder. I know. I you know you, you do what you can to stop, but you know <laughs> at some point you go with the flow. You know I think I mean? so. Well, I mean, eventually she'll come over. To, she'll realize you're a good man and leave me alone. But for now, I'm just uh, putting up with it. I'll have to give you some tips later to how to manage that. Thank but you, sir. Anyway, I really appreciate you coming out here with me, taking the time. So on the page here where we have this recording, I'm going to have your link and whatnot. What's the best way that people can get a little view of what you're doing there? If you go to the website, cashpeters.com, you'll find buttons you can press, which is always great. And uh, some lead to podcasts, some lead to books, and, and so on. And uh, you can listen to the podcast there. There's one with Tim, Tim Fazakali, that really is worth listening to because he's so great and so informative. And I was blown away by him and his knowledge and understanding and perceptions. And it still sticks in my mind some of the things he said. It's the only one of my podcasts I've listened to again. Simply because he is really interesting in how he discovered this and what he's used it for and so on. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, when I first uh, came across PS Tech several years ago before I started working with Tim, I was always open to a lot of things and had been, been doing some other aspects and some other methods, tools, etc. to clear emotional issues. And when I came across him, I found this thing. And it just kind of blew me away as well with not only myself and people that I counsel, but then when I got to know him, you know, we've become great friends and I still haven't met him in person, actually, but it's as if I've known him all my life. So it's a wonderful, wonderful individual. The other thing that I think is important here, having PS Tech, him creating it and it's basically being under his watch, if you will, couldn't be under a better person's watch to help uh, share this with the world. So. No, I felt that. I felt a certain generosity that he has. And uh, it's remarkable that having been away from Britain for 20 years, when I left, nobody was doing this kind of stuff. This was just really alien territory, totally woo-woo. Nobody believed in it. And now it's refreshing to think there's somebody doing this. So, I mean, if I were to go back, there's probably a lot of people now who are practicing spirituality and veganism and whatever else is going on. But when I left, there was no what got you started on this? How did you get introduced to it, basically? Somebody sent me an email and just said, try this, and gave the web address. And I'm open to almost anything that won't kill me or be addictive. 
And so, okay. which is unfortunately <laughs> untrue with this one because I'm totally addicted to Biesta. But I, um, I didn't know it was going to be. And uh, I clicked on it, went to the website, found there was free stuff to give a little sample of what you could do. And I used right. it that night. What had been very interesting in terms of how it came about for me timing-wise was that I'd been doing energy healing with a practitioner in Marina del Rey here in L.A. And she does the big stuff. It's, how, it's about rebalancing your body. It's about how to work out your childhood traumas and heal the wounds of that. I've been doing some pretty massive healing with her over four sessions. And what I found with Piestec that wasn't available with her is that you could douse fires with it from your past you could go in and heal individual wounds because i found that just by experimentation that life uh, your life view is a prism and you view your entire life through the prism of your experience what has happened to you which for most of us and i don't think i'm unusual in this for most of us is made up of wounds, old pain, mm -hmm. things that went wrong, regrets, shame, inherited problems for your from your parents, from your peer group, from your church, whatever it is. And what I welcomed about this was that I was able to go in and take individual causes of problems and remove them. I said it worked from the very first day. I, and I could remember the event but I could not, for the life of me, remember why I was worried about it. Uh, very and nice. that's happened every so a complete shift of perception. Oh, yeah. So, well, it really had the bird had flown each time. It's like opening cages and damaging birds fly out and fly away. And each one, and now I've done many of them, each one leaves me happier, more buoyant, more able to express my truth without fear, because I had a lot of fear and dread, and I would sweat when I got nervous, and a lot of insecurity. Uh, and I was able to release all of these things, and people have noticed. People have noticed either because I'm happier, and people are pointing this out to other people, but also because I don't take any nonsense now. I guess I was way more humble and retiring and withdrawn because I was afraid. Now I'm not as afraid. I'm way more direct with people. And that's taking my friends a little by surprise. Uh, people are looking at me or either avoiding me or just looking very warily at me thinking, what on earth has happened to him? It's very strange. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I, but I did find that people now are regarding me differently. They find me either happier, which is definitely true, or more direct and more fearless when I'm saying something. So I, I'm just one of those British people who's very retiring and, and, and non-confrontational. And when I, would, when, I would go into a when I would go into a shop or something, I would ask for something, but I babble. I talk all around the subject. I give them backstory. And, and if they said, we, sorry, we don't have it, I go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't really mean to trouble you. I had a whole thing, which is a huge waste of energy. And now... And this is really a surprise to me because it's like the last three weeks, four weeks. Uh, now I go, I would like that, please, plus one of those, and here's my money. <laughs> and I don't have any need to flesh anything out. It's very, if I go into a, a restaurant, 
I will just ask directly for what I want. I don't, or I'll ask what the specials are, and which it sounds like nothing. But for me, this is a huge leap. I get very nervous around people and where I might be exposed or embarrassed or whatever. So it's been a major breakthrough on a hundred different fronts. You know, that's fascinating because when I was listening to your podcasts about PS Tech and then also the one with Tim, and I don't remember which one it was, but you had mentioned that your one of your biggest problems was, you know, being around other people. Uh, there was a dread, dread of meeting people, you said. Always had that. And I found that fascinating in part because I was also kind of just, you know, Googling around on you, and I saw YouTube of you from one of the travel shows in Cambodia, I think it was. Yeah. You know, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm like going, you know, your description of the dread of meeting people, I'm going, man, it doesn't look like he had a dread of meeting people. But back then, the dread was still there and the fears, true? Oh, no, from right? childhood. Absolutely from yeah. childhood. I, but you just kind of push through, right? You do it anyway. Well, there's some kind in, of strength comes from having a microphone and a camera with you. Right. When you do TV, it's a camera and a crew. On radio, it's a microphone. There's a lot of strength and power comes come from having those tools to make you superior, I guess. And, of course, you're not superior. You're a very insecure person, but help you overcome that. It's really interesting person. I am terrified of meeting people, and I suffer from immense deep dread, which only became apparent as a really. I thought it was just me being nervous and insecure and, and so on. But this was worse than that. Uh, and I just had around it. I, I found exercises I can do and I've done meditations or whatever, but nothing really worked until well, last week, really, when I decided I had this inspiration. I thought, I know the feeling. I know that feeling, what it is. It, it's almost like in my cell structure. So why don't I recreate that while I'm doing the PS Tech audio? Correct, right. And I will see what happens. And I did it the night before I was supposed to meet this woman who was going to take my photograph all day for this book she's doing. And um, I was already planning how to get out of it. I had my excuses ready. I had, uh, I think I had a bit of a sniff, and I was kind of hoping that would develop into a cold or just something that would enable me to call. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't make it. I feel terrible. And I did the PS tech thing before going to bed. And the following morning, uh, there wasn't a trace of dread. And I'm somebody else, another stranger, since two days later, not a trace of dread. It actually didn't need to be done again. Whatever the cause was, that during the course of that 11 minutes, not, do, not only do I revisit the problem and the, the, the emotion and, the, the, and how it expresses itself physically, but I also very often will find the cause. I, a, a situation will come up from when I was five or when I was nine or 11 or three, and I'll just be right back in that moment. And I'm able to deal with it and, uh, uh, as an emotional experience right back to its cause moment, cause, um, you know, moment of causality. That has been remarkable. What you say is part and parcel of the click tracks as Tim designed it. It's not just to clear these things. You know, I like to call it clean and clear my mind. And it's not just there for that, but it's to encourage a more conscious awareness, if you will, of what's 
the you know the component parts of your mind model that are making you feel think and act in these certain ways so there is more of an awareness of what's in the way i found out about that after i had known the click tracks for a little while when he came out with the accelerator tracks which accelerate that awareness even more so and also turbocharge all the other tracks and we were chatting about it, and he says, well, yeah, there's even some of that in the basic click tracks, not quite as strong, but it's still there. The idea is to encourage the subconscious to, bubble, you know, allow these things to bubble up to your consciousness because then you know what to target. Oh, that's absolutely you know true. What, yeah, and also absolutely. what I found is that I've added to it. Let's just say it's a pro- an 11-minute protocol. Let's just call it that. It's an 11-minute protocol mm-hmm. where you give yourself over to Tim and his magic to re- – uh, and you uh, – what are you? I mean, you're a partner in this enterprise, but you are the guy supplying the memories. He's the guy supplying the expertise for removing the right. emotional wounds. But I found that I was able to add to the imagery in my head to accelerate. Self. And I can tell you what I do. I don't know whether it'll help anybody else because this is just my thing. But what I do is, and it, it just it evolved. I didn't think I would do this. It just sort of turned out to be this thing. What I do is, I imagine that I am wearing one of those big puffy jackets that people wear on ski slopes. <laughs> and, but it's an all over body suit. I am inside it totally. And okay. it has wires attached to the back which are connected to all the pain. It's a very simple image. You're just in this full okay. body suit, and it, that's your, your, I think it represents your defense system, your, your, your way of protecting yourself against the world, your coping mechanism almost. But the wires right. represent your connection to these incidents of pain that, although they may be separate, are all connected because they all represent embarrassment or shame or regret, whatever. And then throughout the click track, maybe it happens about six minutes in, I guess, when he is saying, well, you reduce the level, it turns to gray, it gets smaller. What I find is very helpful for me is to emerge, physically emerge from that cocoon of that suit that I'm wearing with all the wires attached and step out of it. And what happens in my head each time, because the wounds are getting smaller, obviously, I, I get huge. It's almost like, I, I always call it like a stooping giant. I, it's like I've been a stooping giant all my life, held down like Gulliver in, in Lilliput, being tied down by all these tiny people. And without this <laughs> suit and all the wires attached, I can walk freely and without any kind of pain or wounds in that kind of line, the dread, regret, whatever I'm working on. It has been remarkable. Every time I do that, I, co- I emerge at the end of the 11 minutes or whatever the length of the track is. I emerge bigger, more confident, and free of all these right. wounds, which I've left behind. So what you're doing is not only are you focusing, as he says, try hard to feel the feeling, whatever that is, let's say fear, right? Right. And some type of memory and or imagined event. But in addition to that, about halfway through or so, you start imagining yourself being lifted out from, like you just described, the cocoon of and the, all the connections of the emotions and the thoughts that go with that unpleasant kind of scenario. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah. It's, it's, you, yeah. You, it's like if you were to go out yeah, skiing and then you go back to your shower, you have to take all your clothes off, you get into the shower, and you've left them all on the bathroom floor. 
yeah. and without the suit, which obviously is in my head, I completely made it up, but when yeah. I'm without the suit, when I'm outside it, sure. I increase in height to, to Gulliver level as opposed to being this guy trapped in a suit. And for some oh, reason, okay. that psychological change, oh. that emergence makes it a phenomenally powerful experience for me. Then I go to bed immediately. I wake up the following morning, and I cannot even remember what the problem was. Oh, fascinating. This is good. I've left yeah, it I'd behind. Like I've deposited it in my past. Yeah, yeah. And, and the people who cause the problem, because this is obviously a people-related issue, parental, teachers at school, friends sure. or whatever, bullies at school. I was very heavily bullied when I was at school. And um, I find that they become small and gray too, and they have absolutely no bearing on life anymore. And I think that's a great point that you made there about adding a little more with these click tracks in, in a way that means something to you. In other words, stepping out of that suit, so to speak, and finding yourself more free. Because one of the things I always recommend... Oh, some people may a have a different track. imagery. And, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And they can, whatever whatever works for them, so to speak. Yeah, they you know, might imagine it like just being able to fly off a clifftop and exactly. actually soar into the clouds as opposed to being stuck on the ground or whatever it is. It just needs some... And this is my recommendation to make it even better, is that it needs in your head some kind of reward. That's what, yeah. You're basically going for a, a cookie at the end. And what you need is some reward for saying, okay, I've done all that, now I'm stepping out of that old state and into this new expanded state that I now embrace. And I found that it's not just a matter of sitting there for 11 minutes and, and feeling stuff. This was a growth process, and very rapid, actually, incredibly yeah. rapid growth process. And it didn't take two sessions to deal with one thing. It was one session was quite enough, and I like the dread thing last week. And it was gone, just done, and I have no problems whatsoever. You know what I like about your puffy suit with the wire metaphor as you step out of it is what you're doing is exhibiting your willingness to let it go. And I and I know when you uh, had your podcast with Tim, when Tim was actually on there with you, you had mentioned, I don't remember if he did or you did, about, you know, I can see where a lot of people have trouble in that they don't readily accept change. And what you're doing with your visual there, your imagined uh, aspect there as you step out of it, is you're impressing upon your mind, the subconscious especially, of your willingness to step out of this thing and leave it behind. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that, though, is that I have had this theory for a while that the whole idea of life is to become whole. You're born whole. Yeah. Right. You get set upon by wolves when you're young who tear you apart and leave you demoralized and, and wounded. And you spend the rest of your life, hopefully, if you're open to change, getting back to wholeness. It feels like when I do that uh, click track, basic one, is that I feel that the whole me, the one that's been hidden, the one that's been coping with this mechanism for so long, has been given permission to wave goodbye to the restrictions, which represented my head, the cables and the, and the suit or whatever. But I, I'm like given permission to say, you know, I'm done with that. It's time I moved on. So it's not like you're changing into something else. This isn't a transformation from, uh, from lava to butterfly or whatever. What this, like the butterfly just got stuck in a suit. 
and has yeah. not been able to spread its wings for the longest time. Not because of us, not because of me or you, but because of other people constricting the possibilities of our life. And so what you're able to do now is you're able to say, no, 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 no. enough constriction, enough coping mechanism. I'm just going to be authentically me and stand so tall, the giant will not stoop anymore and leave you all behind and be the me that's authentic, which is why I think it's surprising, my friends and other people, that I'm a little bit more direct than I used to be because I've hidden that. I've kept it under wraps for fear that people wouldn't like me or wouldn't accept me, and we all need to belong. And I'm finding that now I'm saying, look, if you don't like me, I've got a feeling other people are going to love the new me. And that's fine. You know, we, we'll, we'll swap. You go off and be with new friends, and I'll go off and find new friends. And becoming whole, which is the aim, as I said, is about reclaiming those bits of you that have been lost. And what I think PS Tech does, or so far has done for me, is allowed me to... It's a bit like, you know, when people collect coins from all the different states, and they put them on a big board. Uh, I, I, my, you know, people, I, my friends do that. They, they, every time they get a bunch of quarters, they're looking at the quarters to see if they have got that state yet to put in a little thing. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. like that. It feels like all the states, all the little coins dropped out of your state board. And one <laughs> by one, night by night, session by session, you're putting the coins back in the board again. And uh, you end up whole. And I feel I've got a long way to go because I've, you know, I've lived a few years so far. But um, boy, do I feel better. Why do I feel yeah. brighter and more competent and more capable? And here's a good example. I'm just going to give you a really great example of, of the turnaround in me. That um, I had, when I was very young, uh, this is such an old story in my family. Now people groan when I talk about it, but it's pivotal. <laughs> um, I had a puppet theater when I was a kid. Uh, my parents made it, and I loved this puppet theater. Loved it to bits. I played with it all the time. I, it had velvet curtains. It had the whole thing. It was my focus of my little life there. I used to create worlds in there. And then one day, my parents, my father particularly, uh, threw it away. Uh, I came home from school, and it was in the trash, broken up, all the pieces. It was just thrown away, mm-hmm. which is, in retrospect, as an adult, I know is like a colossal violation of somebody's space. I mean, no parent would do that. Well, most parents would not do that today. But back then, it was just like, we've decided that you should grow up and not have a puppet theater. Mm-hmm. So we're getting rid of it. But it left me with a scar that I was never able to get over. That if I have something, it'll be taken away from me or broken up by somebody else. Yeah. So why bother? So why bother? So I never yeah. acquired anything. I'm completely unacquisitive. Everybody will tell you, I don't go, oh, I should have one of those. I go, ah, you get it. I'll just use it. <laughs> and I don't have anything. And so um, I use this PS Tech thing on that moment, because it's obviously a pivotal moment in my life, more than I ever realized. On that yeah. moment of looking into the trash can and finding my very personal private belonging in there. And I, re- I did that for like a couple of nights, I'll be honest with you, because it's such a powerful, resonant thing. Yeah. And then I remember about three days later, I, I said, you know, I wonder if I should get an Audi. <laughs> and I don't drive. I mean, I don't use a car um, because I don't believe you should have a car because it's going to be taken away from me or it'll, so there'll be an accident. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I go, yeah, yeah. I wonder if I should get an Audi. I go, Fascinating. Hmm? <laughs> what? Come about, yeah, and suddenly I'm looking at things thinking, wow, I wonder if I should buy those plates. I love those. I mean, I'm suddenly I have given myself a sense of natural entitlement 
to things I want and things I might love, as opposed to allowing my, par my parents to decide for the rest of my life that I could never have anything. Fascinating. And that, that reminds me of, too, you had mentioned on your podcast again that you started delving in with Think and Grow Rich with PS Tech. Yeah. <laughs> As you said, there's a lot in there <laughs> in your podcast, which is true. But, you know, money issues are not quite as simple as, say, a spider phobia. Yeah. Right. There's, there's so many aspects to it. But where are you in that? How's that going? You, I mean, you kind of touched on it just now without even getting into Think and Grow Rich. This is just simply working with the click tracks and whatnot. This is the free stuff. This isn't even like yeah, stuff I, exactly. I, I, I use for real. No, I, I – oh, my God. It has been so fascinating. I'm not probably fascinating you because you know all this stuff, but it's fascinating to me as a guy who's using it first time. I obviously, I know Think and Grow Rich. Obviously, I've read it two or three times uh, when I was younger. I'm very familiar with the principles. This is not new to me. Uh, doing it was a lot harder than knowing it. Knowing it was easy. Doing it was very hard. Sure, uh, and sure. so when I came down to actually do the program and sit and do the click tracks, obviously, I listened to your little lecture things and, and everything else, but it, way more seriously than I had previously. And the reason was because I went on a Buddhist retreat for once and I spent 10 days, 12 days meditating. And if you do it in a con concerted way, with intention, actually it will come hurtling at you faster than you can imagine. So you better be very careful what you ask for because it will come. And I, as a result of that Buddhist retreat, lost everything. I lost my home, my relationship, my job, all my money, because I had to get to a new place that I'd set. And life yeah, simply took right. everything away from me and allowed me to get this new thing, which I obviously got in the end. But So when I came to do these things with PS Tech, I couldn't decide what I wanted. And this was the biggest thing for me. I spent four days, maybe five days, sort of doodling with a, with a pen and, and thinking, do I want that? And when I came to do the tracks itself, I had a, an epiphany about two nights in when I suddenly realized I was forcing myself to want things because I was doing Think and Grow Rich. And in truth, I was actually pretty happy. <laughs> I actually was happy with the home I live in, the place I live in, my relationship, the things I have, what I do in life. A lot of it's in place. And so this idea that you have to have more, be more, Climb higher, strive. It uh, was so against everything I believed in, and I didn't need to do it. But what I found was, though, that the more I thought about it, which was then like two weeks later, I began to think, well, no, this is more a lifestyle thing. There are certain things I would like to have in my life that would make me feel better. And the difference I, I well, not the difference, the um, change I made to the program from a personal point of view, it was just more helpful to me to not have a list of goals in front of me. Right. right, right. And I put pictures instead. And I stared at pictures of things so that when I opened and closed my eyes, it was far easier to get a glimpse of what I wanted Absolutely. rather than trying to read a list. And I framed them, and this is really important to me, but it might not be to uh, the more go-getting people who do this. To me, it was way more important to express preferences rather than goals because I firmly believe that the universe should have a hand in this. And some things you want are not right for you, either ever or now. 
And I think that you've got to allow life, fate, destiny, God, uh, divine intelligence, whatever you want to call this thing, you've got to allow it to come in and share it and be a co-creator with you. You can't insist that the universe marches to your tune because that's not going to happen. And and that was kind of one of the big points of emphasis in that first module there is all about this. I, I like to call it vision, which I think would go along more with your description, a, a vision of what I ought to be doing and what resonates for me, what's my purpose here, those kind of things. And it's like a vision uh, rather than, a, you know, an itemized goal, you know, with statistics and everything. And, you know, and people can use it in however they want. But I, I go more for a vision so that I'm not dictating as much. And this is just my personal preference so that I can incorporate my higher self and bring that part, which you're alluding to here. And well, I think that's actually what you're saying is let that higher self come in here and have a hand in this so that I don't take over and just do my will kind of aspect. No, I think there's a and, lot of uh, allowing. I appreciate that. You used the word allowing yeah. before. I think that's yeah. very, very important. I think you Absolutely. can imprint your desires on the universe. I think you can set them up there, because I certainly did with the Buddhist retreat. I mean, I, I, I really did right. that. But I think there's something to be said for cooperating rather than insisting. And saying, okay, here are pictures that I cut from Architectural Digest or from a holiday magazine or, in my case, weirdly, from a car commercial thing, oh, quite out of the blue. Uh, but, but these are what I'm going to open my eyes to when I'm doing the program. So I will see them and I will embrace them very quickly because I can see them. They're not words I'm trying to read. And then uh, once I've done I actually once I've done the program, I sit for at least another 15 minutes because I'm in such a meditative state by the time I'm finished, I spend another 15 minutes without Tim talking in my head, mm -hmm. living these moments that I've created in pictures, and actually Absolutely. putting myself... I can't do it when I'm tapping and listening to somebody and trying to focus on feelings. I can't do it. I just, I just don't have the capacity to live in those pictures. But the moment he shut up, I can go into those pictures and I can go... Okay, now I'm here. Now I'm walking around yeah. that building. Now I'm feeling exactly. the sea breeze on my face or whatever it is. It's way easier. That's a great point, too, because just on a regular basis when you're click tracking something, I always recommend people when they finish a click track or when I'm doing a session with somebody and guiding them, after the click track, let's say they were click tracking on, you know, I got bullied by, you know, uh, uh, Farkas from, uh, you know, the Christmas story, you know, with the yellow teeth, remember him? <laughs> and, um, you know, I got bullied by this kid, you know, and I just, oh, I hate him, you know, I'm just so angry, and, and I'm also fearful, and then we click track and get that down, and then when it's down to zero one, I said, okay, now, take a deep breath, imagine good old Farkas, um, what do you think about him? And start to live in your mind with this new perception to live with this previous scourge, if you will, of the earth. Right. <laughs> and begin to see that new perception. And I've had this several times with people. After a click track, they have a new feeling. Okay. Yep. And as we delve into it, and they're afraid of this new feeling. And you know what that new feeling was? Right. It was a feeling of peace. But it was so foreign, they were afraid of it. Peace or empowerment. So, uh, more peace. It was just quiet. It was neutral. It was peaceful. It was like, there's no drama in this life at this moment. Right. And it was like, 
I don't know what to do with that. And then we kind of start to panic. Well, it is. It's, <laughs> a, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's a very strange feeling to be free Absolutely, of something. Right? You, it's like, uh, like carrying a, a backpack with you full of bricks yep. for yep. a lifetime and then putting it down. I know Jerry Seinfeld always just says, really? You're carrying that around with you? Put it down. <laughs> just put it down. Why are you yeah. carrying And but, I mean, but what I found when I – because I had, again – bullying a lot of it when I was younger and what I found is during the course of even the general PS tech thing the click track by the end of the 11 minutes I am me now not me when I was 12 or me when I was 20 because I was bullied for quite a late age me now with the same person in the same environment and I get a thrill it is absolutely a thrill of talking to that person who admittedly hasn't grown. They're still back where they were in that time. But I am now me. And that person is not in any way scared of me or uh, affronting me. or They see me now as I really am. And I am way more confident. So it's not just a matter of healing the feeling or revisiting the moment. By the time I emerge from my click track sessions... I am not only this, you know, no longer student, but the people who have done whatever they've done to me are no longer able to see me or make me feel like a victim. That victim feeling, I am now me with confidence, me with stature, me with an unwillingness to succumb to your bullying anymore. Every single time I've done that, and even with my father throwing that puppet theater away, I was able to face him at the end and, uh, and reason with him, argue with him as an adult, not as an 11-year-old boy or whatever it was. Do you have the experience, though, too, where as you, in a sense, relive it but with a new perception, you don't have that vengeful, I'm going to get back at him feeling? Well, I never really dealt in revenge. That's not my currency. I know. Um, I, I, I just, I'm very lucky in that kind of way. I don't have those feelings of vengeance, but I, I, because I, I believe in karma, and I, that's relieved right. me of a lot of problems. Because I always go, yeah. well, okay, with that person, like if you just meet somebody who's, re- you know, really terrible, which we all do in life occasionally, we meet somebody who's really horrible, and I think, well, I only have to encounter them for three minutes. Whatever they did or said to me. They have to live with, and their family has to live with, every single day of their lives. I'm just not going to give any kind of investment to that. I'm not going to give any energy to it. Uh, so, a vengeance thing, but, but I do feel a tremendous sense of empowerment and presence and a rise in my center of gravity. I feel as though I know where my center is by the end of every click track when I'm dealing with issues of bullying. Because when I stand like in college or in school or right back in that moment where it happened, they are dealing with me now. Me empowered me, giant me. And it refreshes the whole situation. It reboots it because they, I know if they met me now being them, they would not treat me like that. I would not allow it. I wouldn't cower before them. I would be, way more powerful and that's what i see by the time i emerge at the end of the 11 minutes that's the 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 image i am projecting onto my kind of inner screen and the funny thing is i know i've told this i can't remember where i mentioned i might have mentioned in think and grow they don't seem to show up anymore no and 
my wife and I were chatting with Tim and Karen, his wife, on a little conference call. We were talking about forgiveness, which ultimately the click tracks are about unconditional forgiveness. You know, it's always exciting to me when someone runs a click track on somebody, they just say, oh, God, I can't stand this person. You know? right. And then after we do the click track, I say, what do you think about that person now? Swish it around, you know, in their mind and go, well, I feel really bad for this person because they just, they're miserable. You know, and all of a sudden it, it turns into this feeling and perspective of grace, of, of actual, absolute forgiveness and, and uh, compassion. Well, to a certain extent, you're also taking yourself out of the equation. If you do have a kind of vengeance feeling and a grudge, uh, you are no longer in that equation. Or or rather, you you are, but energy isn't. Exactly. So you're able to look at them with that, you know, the best version of unconditional love that a person can. Oh, yeah. And it's very uh, interesting. I whether you know anything about candida, but um, candida is a yeast that we all have inside. We all have like candida cells inside of us because we need them. But when they have an overgrowth, they lead right. to all manner of problems like leaky gut. And ultimately, yeah. apparently, they have a hand in MS and cancer and diabetes and whatever. That, that's candida at its absolute worst when it burgeons and blossoms. Um, and I wrote a book on this. Um, uh, yeah, a while ago, because I, you know, I had the problem, and my conclusion after a lot of work and a lot of research and a lot of effort with it was that a major component in people having a candida overgrowth was a lack of forgiveness, mm. which is really fascinating because I've met people with candida since I wrote the book, and they go, "Oh, I got parasites, I got candida, I got this one," and I go, "Well." You know, let's go back and see where the lack of forgiveness is. And there's always a lack of forgiveness. There's always that point of themselves where they cannot forgive their parents for doing this, their father for molesting them, their their friends at school for bullying them or betraying them. And I think that I don't know, and I'm not a medical person at all, but I wonder whether if forgiveness is the key to something like that, and like everything you just said as well, whether PS Tech wouldn't be a valuable contributory tool to something like Candy. Just to he- healing the body, not because you're healing the body, but because you're removing the cause of the candida overgrowth in the first place. Right. And also, in addition to that, going back to that word allowing, when I don't have these emotional upsets and all these barriers, I allow my body to heal. Oh, sure. That's part of it as well. Well, your so. body is aching to heal. You are basically putting, it's all like having a splinter under the, under the flesh, you know, in your thumb. The body can't heal if that f- splinter is there. And you could go a lifetime going, God, this thing is festering. I keep putting stuff on it. Why does it go? Well, obviously, because the splinter's still in there. And these things that we can't get over and can't forget and can't, can't break free of are just like a thousand splinters in our flesh, but except they're on the inside and we can't see them. And I think that what PS Tech seems to do enable you to get it's like audio pincers or tweezers, and you can go in and take each individual splinter out so the body can, as you said, heal because you allowed it to. I like what you said. Uh, put out the fires in the past. I like that a lot. Well, that's what it feels like um, to me. It feels like the flames absolutely. are doused. Then I found out that chains of events were solved at the same time. So it wasn't about individual moments, and I had to do them all. It's like the dread one. I've got a thousand 
incidents of dread in my life where I feared meeting people. And what I was able to do was deal with it and found out it it had a chain reaction on everything else. So when I do meet people, even going to the bank, I went to the put a chicken. I never met the person behind the thing. And I don't say anything. I'm just, and yet I'll now engage in conversation with people. Since I started doing this, I'll have casual conversations. I was waiting outside a toilet the other day, and I actually said to the guy, um, you go first. We had a conversation about go first. I would have just sat, stood there otherwise, normally, with my arms right. folded and stared at the floor. I would never have said a thing. <laughs> and now I'm openly conversing with people because I don't have that sense of, what are they thinking of me? What if yeah. I say the wrong yeah. thing? What if I look a fool? What if, I, if I embarrass myself? All those components that built this infrastructure of dread, of being dismantled one by one. So did you, when you approached like this, this issue of dread, let's just call it, did you target, I mean, how did you target uh, the memories? Are they just the ones that came up that were most uh, obvious? Or, you know, what was your approach on that? Was it just kind of general, hey, I'll just, I have this list of 100, I'll just start with number one. How did that go? Yeah, and it, uh, that was my idea originally, because I thought, well, how am I going to think of things? But, in fact, that turned out to be a total waste of time. Uh, what happens now? <laughs> well, I realized that very quickly that I was going to get to all of us. But what um, <laughs> happened was that I would, I mean, you know, I'm a living being. I have days where everything happens to me the same as it does to you and everybody listening to this we have days we meet people we go and things a letter arrives in the mail or an email arrives with bad news or whatever whatever the things are they happen to us every day and i would go aha that feeling aha that feeling that i don't deserve or that feeling of dread or that feeling of dislike of somebody or regret about something i felt or said or did or whatever and I, I, I just capture that moment, and I, I either write it down or I just remember it. And sometimes I will go and do the piece thing right there and then, if I'm at home, say. It's 11 minutes. I mean, how can that hurt? And, but if I don't, I'll actually just do it before I go to bed, which I think is actually better for your subconscious to work on these things overnight. And so I, I, but I'll save it until the end of the day and go, okay, there's that feeling. And I conjure that feeling back up again. So it's in my cell structure. I can feel it. It's not like I'm thinking, oh, okay, I don't like people. So I'll just think of that while Tim is talking. I don't think that's ever going to work. I am able to go, okay, now where do I feel that? First of all, in my body. So fear is very often in my lower back. Um, A lack of deserving, it seems to be in my shoulders. seems to be like kind of that giant thing again. You know, and dread seems to be, total dread seems to be like all the way down my front and around my gut and around the back and my kidneys or something. I don't know why, but it's, it's, it's spread. But just to feel that. And in the same way that when you're doing the thing for a rich one, if you look at a picture and you think, wow, I'd love to be in that room. I'd love to have that kind of room in my home or to visit that kind of place, then in, during the session, I'll try, but certainly in the meditation I do afterwards, I will plant myself in that place and feel in my cell structure the joy, the relaxation, the pleasure, whatever I'm feeling of that moment. And the same thing goes for the negatives. If you continually experience dread at meeting people, you need to think of the last time this happened or wait until it happens again then get the dread back and go, that's it. And keep it there while Tim is talking. 
uh, as best you can. And then I do my, you know, the, the dread becomes part of the wires and the suit. And then as it sh- as the memory shrinking turn gray and get smaller, I emerge from the suit. And that is no longer a physical part of me. So it's not only it's not only not in my full structure. It's not even anything to do with me. I've stepped out of that scene, in that 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 production, that grand drama I was in. I'm off the stage in a way, you know. Very good. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, Anna, there was something I noted here from one of your podcasts, Raising Your Vibration. And it sounds like, (laughs) in kind of quick order, not only were you already successful, so so a lot of people will say, oh, he has a high vibration. But obviously within yourself, there wasn't that realization, that experiential realization of the highest vibration you could possibly have. And so I appreciate your awareness that said, okay, it's not quite as high as it could be, you know, and you were open to this as you brought along because what it sounds like just with the free ones, not even getting into the think and grow, which, which obviously has also helped you as well. But just shedding these suits of various types <laughs> that you have has really raised your vibration. Yeah. Uh, years ago, I went down to uh, Brazil to see this healer, John of God. I know that there was a, a discussion down there among all these people who go, who are very, very switched on people, about vibration, uh, that illness is a low vibration thing, and wellness is a high vibration thing. Mm-hmm. And the things that contribute to illness are low vibration things. Like, and it's so easy to break these stress overwork, poor nutrition, lack of exercise, a sedentary lifestyle, uh, bitterness, anger. These are low vibration things it was described to me. Whereas good nutrition, you know, like green food and exercise and a sunny disposition, these are high vibration things. And if you shoot for a high vibration lifestyle, the body will respond accordingly. Now, that's just one area, but just say that's true of, well, relationships, love. If you are finding that things aren't working out and you're miserable, well, misery, resentment, anger, frustration, these are low vibration feelings, and you will simply attract things that are on the same frequency to yourself, and life stay the same or get worse. Whereas if you take steps to raise your vibration, even if everything around you is terrible. Uh, I remember I used to work in a government office years ago in England, and I read about this stuff. I think maybe I think I read Think and Grow Rich back then. And I, uh, one day I decided to, instead of going, like, you know, you go to people uh, and say, hey, how are you doing? Good morning. And they go, oh, I'm okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Um, I, and one guy who was 33 <laughs> would go, oh, roll on retirement. I was 33, <laughs> and that was oh the kind God. of office I worked in, and then I, and I kind of was part of that as well. And then one yeah, day, yeah. I decided that every time anybody asked me how I was, I would say, I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. And, of course, everybody initially went, oh, my God, what's happened to him? But everything was then a, a, a variation of that. I would go, wow, this is really great. Look at this. I wouldn't see what was wrong with it. I just, whatever it was, I would just say, well, this is good. Oh, I love this food. I use positive vibration words all the time. And I found, actually, I was offered a job that took me well away from there into radio. And I got out of the, the government office because, you know, all the still negative, miserable people were all left 
mind, and I was lifted up to something better because I'd already lifted my vibration and life had to provide me with something like that. So in all these areas, health, fulfillment, love, uh, family relationships, if you're focusing on what's not right, simply investing in low vibration energy things and you will attract more of the same to you. I'm sure that's basically the core principle of thinking grow rich, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, as I mentioned earlier when we were chatting with Tim, I turned to my wife at one point and I go, you know, we haven't really had any mean people in our life for a few years. Right. (laughs) They just don't show up. And if someone shows up that's angry, let's say, about something, we find ourselves being the resource, if appropriate, to helping them heal or be aware that there's something different and which is a, a you know a wonderful purpose to have if you will similar thing with my daughter my older daughter i became a better resource for her as i let go of my stuff and even to the point where number one uh she goes yeah you're completely different than you were you know 15 years ago you're not even the same person which you alluded to with your friends already noticing and But the other thing that was interesting that came out of that a few years ago, she says, you know, this may sound kind of dorky, maybe not cool, but I look at you now as more like my best friend. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> and it was like, wow. It's like, oh, ooh. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to just sit in there loving her unconditionally. And, you know, I don't care what you do. Whatever you do, I'll support you. You know, that kind of thing, which right. that's great to me, parenting. when I got to that point, I was able to do that with – no effort whatsoever. It just was natural, and that's, I think, what we're talking about here. Well, people expend you begin such to a move lot of in energy. these directions. Yeah, they expend such a lot of energy, oh, yeah. um, and Absolutely. they they stay where they are. And you know, if you want to move in a new direction, then you've got to set a new you know, direction on your GPS. Like Tim's always going on about GPS, but you don't, you you'll stay where you are unless you actually set a destination in it. But what I've actually found is that, and this was part of that government office thing, but I've tried to do it ever since, and I'm getting better at it. Is instead of focusing on what other people are thinking and doing, especially to me, which makes me the victim or uh, puts me in a corner where I, I am responding constantly to what other people do to me. I simply focus now on shining my light brightly as I can every single day. And then it's surprising how many people are really uh, and they go away. And the ones who similarly shine their light uh, and work to a higher vibration are drawn to me, and I have a better group of people around me, or I, I end up in different restaurants with a different set of waiters who are, you know, friendlier and so on. And the people yeah. who were troublesome, who were low vibration people who talk about illness all the time, or how they got no money all the time, or how they got, nothing works out for them all the time, or they hate their job all the time, or roll on retirement, or, they fall away. And you think, well, why would they fall away? Because I'm a happy person now. It irritates them. <laughs> because you're at a different vibration. No, you're, you're a bad fit for them. But, but waiting for them to change is a bad idea. Waiting for them yeah, yeah, True, true. <laughs> idea. Change yourself. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do, though. They, well, actually, you can, with, with PS Tech and your visualizations and your preferences, you can actually bring it on. But what I find is that the best way of starting is by changing yourself now. Make your perspective different. Make your words different. Shine your light brighter. Give more. Be more grateful. Do all the things that raise your vibration, and the world will change around you. You don't have to do very much like you said. You know, I'm just looking at the clock going, 
holy free holy <laughs> went a little longer than anticipated, but I appreciate all of this that you poured out to us. What I see here, you you grabbed this thing, it spoke to you, and then you became very consistent with it. And, and and the signposts along the way were telling you, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Even your friends are noticing. And I like what you did with the puffy suit shedding. That was really cool. And this part about, okay, which indicated, hey, I'm willing to change and I want to lose this stuff. Well, I mean, and I appreciate you sharing that with everyone along with the part about, you know, you don't have to get to everything. You start doing, chunking these major kind of, Memories, if you will, and a lot of stuff falls away with it. Go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, no, I, yeah, no, it is. It's, it's exactly how it works for everybody. Uh, well, I had a friend who died a couple of years ago, and he was expecting to live till his 90s because his mother did and whatever. And uh, he got to his 70s, and he was just refusing to change because he would change later. For now, he would eat really bad food. He wouldn't exercise. He would, there's a lot of things he would, wouldn't do because he would just do them later when science figured out a way to make it easier. That was his idea. <laughs> and uh, I would say, well, look, you know, I'm healthy now because I put the effort in now. Uh, you know, I change my diet and I eat most vegan food now and I exercise all the time. And I do, I, there's a lot of stuff I do. I change my perspective now. Because later, maybe a, too late, and he died. Yeah, but he died. And he died not experiencing the fullness of his potential. Simply because all the stuff we talked about, I won't go over again, but all the stuff we've talked about, which is a bad thing to do, or a, a, an unhealthy, not necessarily bad, but an unhelpful thing to do in terms of getting where you want to go, he did thinking that somebody else would come in and rescue him. And truthfully, my experience in my modestly long life is that there is no white knight there is no white. nobody's well, coming if to your there rescue. is it's within <laughs> yeah well you are it's you it, yeah, it's yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. this idea that you know you're the princess in the tower and all you got to do is just lie back on your glorious velvet bed and some knight's <laughs> going to come and uh, all you gotta do is dangle your hair down and he'll come and rescue you it's not yeah. going to happen it's you you are the white knight you can rescue yourself although Tim is the closest I've found to a white knight, and you as well, because I listen to your, your talks and stuff on your modules. But the two of you are like my two white knights who oh, brought a perspective and, and vision to this process of visualization for me, and I assume everybody who does this, that I never thought I would ever find. I honestly thought I was pretty much on top of this. I really did. I thought I had this nailed. And then you come along, the two of you, and I've, it's like I've begun again. I started right back where I, 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 I started out from originally. It's been incredible that there's been a next step when I thought there was none. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that. I would consider you the white knight. We're just the squires giving you the, you know, here, here's your lance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now I'm going to rescue Rapunzel. Would you like some grog, you know, or whatever they drank? I don't know what they drank. But anyway. Man, I appreciate this. I really do. I, I, I wanted to add one, one other comment. I've really used PS Tech, especially the last few years, in my spiritual work as well. And we can share that another time and talk about that. But it's been incredible for me, most of it a lot through PS Tech Positive and those kind of aspects. But it's been incredible as well because, I, like you've you've shared with us in so many ways, this is about moving the stuff out of the way, and it allows that, whatever you want to call it, higher self, God, but it allows that to come through for you as a resource, as a guide. And I appreciate that you out there sharing the message um, 
about that as well. I really do. Thank you very much. Well, I think it's very important. Uh, I, I mean, all of what you just said, I, I think is very important. I've noticed it too. And I noticed that simply having a good night's sleep after dinner is a, it, it makes you more open for the rest of the day. You will wake up and you're not as fraught, you're not as struggling as you might have been. And you're able to live, and I, I say faith in with a small f, you're able to live in a way more state, a way greater state of faith and trusting mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. these issues aren't burning away in right. your subconscious. I sleep now all the way through. I'm a man of a, of a certain age. And, uh, you know, it's sort of obligatory that when you get to my age, you get up in the middle of the night to pee once or twice. <laughs> and it's just obligatory. It's what you do. Um, your body requires it. And since I did this Piestet thing, I sleep all the way through. All the way through. So, and, and then for the rest of the day, I find myself more, way more open and more trusting and less on edge and less fight or flight the whole time. And I think that allows this divine intelligence, this force, to operate so much more easily in your life and to get you a better lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's my finding. I agree with you. That's, that's my experience as well, man. Yeah. Hey, Cash, I appreciate you taking all this time. Sorry I went a little uh, over, but uh, I have a feeling that you weren't watching the clock either. <laughs> no, I love talking about this stuff. When I, do, when I do my podcast, I have to edit them down. And most of it is about yeah. talking about, about PS Tech. And people are writing into me, yeah, we can go back and listen to the PS Tech ones. You don't have to keep repeating it. And how much are they paying you? I said, I just found something that works. What can I tell you? I've got, I got to keep going on about it. <laughs> Oh, man, I appreciate that. And, and uh, again, I'm going to encourage everybody to check you out over at your podcast. Go to cashpeters.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-E-T-E-R-S, just like it sounds. And, um, you know, head over there. Uh, Cash has some great podcasts. He's an entertaining guy. He's got some good stuff in there as well. So I recommend everybody check it out. Well, thank you. It's, uh, hey. We're a little group of people all seeking something, Absolutely. a better way of living. And uh, uh, it's, it's a little band of us. And now I guess you're in the band too. But it, it's, yeah. it's very encouraging to think more and more people are listening to this stuff and trying it and giving it a whirl. Whereas, say, 20 years ago, like I said at the beginning, 20 years ago in Britain, this was an unthinkable thing that people would do it. They were all opposed to it and resistant. And now people are going, hey, maybe there's another way. And this is part of that other way, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Hey, again, I appreciate all your time and sharing everything and being really open with us as well. I know, you know, I mentioned already some of the things you went through on here and you had some great tips and perspectives. So, again, uh, thanks for helping everybody out. Thanks for helping me. You're very welcome. All right. Well, this is uh, Jeff here with PS Tech. I appreciate everybody listening. Again, check out Cash at cashpeters.com. Everybody take good care. Aloha.